0: Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. So I'm super excited about today because we have a special guest who I'll introduce in just a moment, Elijah Stevens, who is just a close friend of mine. He's a coworker of mine. In fact, he's going to be our catalyst leader for a group that will be focused on Uh, thought leadership in the world around us. So I'll explain all of that as we get running. But let's just have a word of prayer, and then we're going to launch in. So Father God, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the way in which you have touched each one of our lives and saved us from sin, from brokenness, from the damage of this world, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son of your love. And so we pray your presence and your guidance in this podcast today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Elijah... It's good to see you. Good to talk to you, Michael. And uh, I would like to just say, first of all, that Elijah and I have been friends for a number of years. We started working together uh, on a school project, essentially, for a school of ministry here in Redding, California. Mm -hmm. And he actually was instrumental in helping me launch one of the ministries that I'm known for, which is PastorsCoach.com. And so, you know, we built our friendship at that time. We have some similar roots going back into pastoral ministry. Uh, But as I introduce Elijah, I want you to know a few things about him. First of all, is that he has a degree, first of all, in in philosophy and in psychology. So he's incredibly well-skilled in understanding the human heart. The second thing I want you to know is that he's married to Allison and they've been married since 2005 and they're just an amazing couple. The third thing I want you to know about him is that he has actually pursued his passion, which had to do with uh uh manifested into a, a double major one major was in uh apologetics the other one is in religion and science and so the combination of these two is actually one of the reasons why i'm having uh, elijah on this podcast today elijah is what i would consider to be one of the experts right now in terms of thought leadership in the world we're going to get down into that in just a minute but um The other thing that I want to celebrate that Elijah has done is Elijah made a movie. And this movie is called Send Proof. And the movie is focused on providing the medical evidence for supernatural healing. And so um, as we begin, I like to start there. I'd like to start Mm -hmm. talking about the movie, Elijah. Why don't you just tell us the story of how initially this movie was in your heart? And how
1: did it actually come to pass? Well, you were my mentor at the time, so you probably remember this quite well. Um, I thought about the need to research miracles, and I thought about it for a long time um, because there's so many people that just ask, where's the evidence for this stuff? And I am hyper inquisitive, um, and so I was having trouble finding books at the time on the topic, and I thought, if God's healing these people there's got to be some type of evidence left over. And so I thought about making a documentary and in doing so, I um, decided, uh, you know, I'll, I'll collect some names and stories and I put up a little website and that went nowhere. And you and I talked about that. And we, I was actually thinking of transitioning back into ministry and we were talking with the church about, going into ministry and then one day I'm at my house I start getting text and the text say that Sean Bolts at Bethel has called your name out at church like it's middle of the day and I'm like uh, this is weird uh, maybe someone else's name and then someone else texts me I think it was Brandon Showalter he works at the Christian Post now and he's like Elijah get here he just called out Elijah and Allison and so I drive to the church as fast as I can <laughs> and uh, I go in and they let him know I'm there. And he tells me my name, my birth date, lived in Chattanooga, grew up in Georgia. Allison's name, her job is an occupational therapist. And then he's like, God's commissioned you, go make the film. It's going to touch a lot of doctors' lives. And so we raised tons of money on Kickstarter. Um, you know, you helped me connect to Randy Clark. And from that, I got GMRI that I was able to have research the uh cases and it's just been a wild journey wow and uh you know it's just been so such an honor for me to have
0: a ringside seat with you as you've been on this journey because i know first of all what what amazing sacrifices you've made to see this thing come to pass but i also know what incredible doors the lord's opened for you and now you have it the finished product and so where's Mm -hmm. it at in the production distribution phase right now
1: well, it's, it's uh, out of post-production, and we're distributing. You can go to SendProof, dot com, and uh, download a copy today. Wow. And so you guys could actually
0: get a hold of this movie right now. It's incredibly well Mm -hmm. done. And what I love about it the most, uh, Elijah, is not only do you present the medical evidence for supernatural healing, but you also
1: interview a bunch of skeptics. So talk about that a little bit. Well, I wanted to bring their voices in. I think one of the problems in sometimes in the renewalist revivalist streams is we just kind of shut off people with good questions. And so I wanted to find healthy skeptics. They're they're not belligerent, but people who are like Michael Shermer, he's head of Skeptic Society, James Randy, you remember in the 80s he caught Peter Popoff with the earpiece mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And John Loftus and Michael Roos to just well, what would they say about miracles so that we can critically think through that? I also bring in apologists um, like William Lane Craig and J.P. Moreland and lots of people, um, you know, Craig Keener and then healing revivalist ministers like uh, Heidi Bacon, Roland, Bill, Randy Clark and. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to do something that was more ecumenical, that could speak to the whole body of Christ.
0: That's so good. And that's really one of the things that we're partnering on right now together, which mm-hmm. is this, this idea of thought leadership. Mm-hmm. What is it? What does it mean? How do we do it? Why is it so mm-hmm. essential at this moment? Because mm-hmm. really, if I was to think of, of the movie, it's a perfect mm-hmm. uh, sort of inroad into the idea of thought leadership. Because yeah. you've done such a great job of representing all these different thought uh, hubs and mm-hmm. bringing them together.
1: Well, I, I think of thought leadership as someone who looks at all angles of a topic or a question. You know, they read five, six, seven, eight books on it by different people, and then they work through it and go, these are my conclusions on the matter. So they become an expert in public. And I think it's very important for Christians to go into that realm because of spiritual warfare. Uh, Second Corinthians says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. And so as Christians, we get to hear ideas that are coming up in our culture, like is, is critical theory a good thing or a bad thing? What about socialism? Um, are there good critiques of capitalism, and then go and reflect on the word of God, philosophy, science, look at situations, and then form what we think is the highest and best conclusions on that. And I think that's what thought leaders do. And sadly, the church has not done that very well in the last little while, because a lot of people have went toward anti-intellectualism and said, let's pull the supernatural and the intellectual apart. And that just wasn't the case for the first 1,700 years of the church.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And
1: um, I mean, one of the things I also
0: love in terms of my personal study is the study of missiology. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to think of it when you go to some foreign land with a foreign speaking people and you try to bring the gospel, you have to be very careful about what they think compared to what you think and how you can build a bridge of understanding. The problem is, is that if we're in Western culture, though, we kind of operate under the illusion that we might be exactly the same thought patterns, that Mm -hmm. we might exactly have the same worldview. And then we try to communicate without some of those, uh, let's call it missiological understandings that allow us to bring the apologetic understanding. Talk about that a bit. Talk about how do we communicate? How do we build those bridges?
1: I think the first thing you have to do is really figure out where a person or a people group is at, mm-hmm. and be able to communicate their worldview back to them in a way they go. You get exactly what I believe. Mm-hmm. I try to do that with skeptics in my movie because you know I I, I have a heart for that audience. But I think mm-hmm. what happens is too often we go. I want to tell you what I believe. I want to tell you what I believe, and rather than build bridges, we just start throwing stuff against the wall and if you right. want to build bridges you have to go this is what they believe what's the next baby step they can take toward the christian worldview what's the next and begin establishing that and if you do that over time what happens is you find people going man christianity actually describes the world better um, right. and we need that yeah
0: and this is one of the things that's motivating us in uh, in leaders alliance is the fact that we believe that the church has lost our voice or lost mm. our connection to some extent we've mm. been marginalized sort of to the perimeter of society and in terms of education in terms of you know universities in terms of uh, hollywood and some of the mm-hmm. uh, you know, social media dynamics, the people that are actually calling the shots, the people that are actually sort of influencing most people in our world with a a different worldview are not Christians. Right. And so we have this dynamic now where, where, unfortunately, we need to somehow rediscover and reclaim our voice.
1: Well, I would add to that, not only are the social institutions of our time not Christian, they are actively seeking to undermine Christianity. Yeah. We, Post-Christian culture isn't, well, let's just leave Christianity alone. It's dumb. It's let's break this apart and, right. and eliminate it from culture. And so what happens is every media institution, um, your government, your your media, Um, Your colleges are all trying to debunk the Christian worldview. And so if we don't teenagers, if we don't prepare adults for what it's like Mm -hmm. to live in this world, what happens is they get pulled into secular thinking or magical thinking. I'm starting to see, especially coming out of, you know, a, a highly experiential movement. And this is what happens with every revival throughout church history since the great awakenings is you look at that and then you see God's spirit move. And then the cults come in afterwards, the theosophists, mm. the Jehovah's witnesses, the Mormons. Yeah. And we need to raise up a generation of thought leaders who go, we know how to critique this so that we can steward what God gave us uh, in Toronto.
0: Wow. That's so good. Let me explore one other issue before we move more deeply into what you just said, which is you talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and the supernatural Mm -hmm. dynamics of belief systems. Mm -hmm. You know, in chapter four, it says that that the God of this age has blinded the minds of them that don't believe. Mm -hmm. How do you see the interrelationship right now between where current Uh, let's say, anti-Christian cultural thought is Mm -hmm. and the work of the enemy, the deceiver, Jesus said, he comes not but to lie, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. How do you see that interplay between the uh, supernatural demonic work and the
1: thought patterns of of current culture? Well, I I would like to take us back to the early church to answer Mm -hmm. that. After the apostles die, you see the emergence of the apologist, like... Mm -hmm. 20 years later, there are apologists writing the emperors of Rome. We still have their letters debunking their false gods and explaining. This is why using Greek logic, the Mm -hmm. teachings of Jesus are so powerful that what you see in Roman culture is people start. uh, They were trained by people like Socrates to ask what is the good life? Mm -hmm. And the teachings of Jesus answered that we planted the first hospitals uh, we gave care to the poor in every town once Christianity was legalized. And so what the church did was it went into culture um, and it began debunking the demonic by mm-hmm. them writing the em- emperors, showing what good works are. And the uh, the church had exorcists. They would go into the temples and cast demons out. Christianity mm-hmm. didn't spread through healing. It spread through exorcism which wow. most of us don't know. Uh, but if, if you read church historians, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. tell you that. And so I I do think there are tons of demonic lies, but it's where Christianity shines the brightest is mm. um, the disciples were known as people who there's this quote, and I, I can't remember who said it. I think it's Papias who said uh, that after the, the resurrection, the disciples, um, went and stuck their hands inside of the side of Jesus. And afterwards they didn't fear death and they laughed at Mm -hmm. evil. And there's something about knowing Jesus is alive that evil has no power over me. And so Mm -hmm. who cares where culture goes? I know I will be resurrected from the dead. You can take my life, but I will not bend my knee. And we've got to build in people this hunger to know the resurrected Christ and the power of that. Wow.
0: Well, one of the most outstanding revivals in the biblical narrative of the book of Acts is Acts 19. Sure. And one of the things that happened during that time was the persuasiveness of the church was so great, not just through the demonstration of signs and wonders, but also the declaration of the truth. So those Mm -hmm. two things working together, declaration and demonstration, that it actually says that the, the, um, the spiritual new agers of that day the witches and the warlocks took literally you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of books and burned them you know talk about that like you know just where you see in the scripture paul exercising either the the apologetic gift mm-hmm. or just that direct demonic uh,
1: unseating mm-hmm. how how do you see that you know in the scripture well this is what i see in the scripture paul never pulled the two apart so he, he would reason with people and he brought power. Yes. Um, and when you look at the smartest people in the Bible, um, one of them's Paul and he had he became a rabbi, the other's Jesus, and yeah. that's you study from a kid up to about age 30, that's how long it takes to get a PhD today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you see. Is these people, they develop their intellect because all truth is God's truth. And Jesus said, truth will set you free. And they impact our culture today. Not everyone goes on a Sunday to read a book by Homer. We do books by Paul. Jesus' teaching ended slavery. It birthed science. Francis Bacon, the father of modern science, was a Christian. Galileo is a Christian. We birthed the Renaissance because... Mm -hmm. Christian monks kept the Greek works and reread them and said, how do we build a beautiful culture? And so Mm -hmm. we ended slavery because of the teachings of Jesus. We brought medical care to the West because of the teachings of Jesus saying the good Samaritans stop and help the sick person. You be Mm -hmm. like that. And so we've just lost the power of the teachings of Jesus to transform culture. And when we go back to that we say, God, you get my mind, you get my heart, you get my emotions, you get my spirit, you get everything, we become healthy people. And what mm-hmm. happens is we shut our brains off sometimes in the charismatic movement and we just become crazy. I don't know how to describe it, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's harmful and it's toxic. And we have to hate anti-intellectualism like we hate religiousness. Mm -hmm. and not tolerate it yes well that's you know the key scripture that we would love the lord with all of our heart our
0: mind Mm -hmm. our soul and our strength that all of those aspects are essential come let us reason together says the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow that Mm -hmm. my thoughts are not your thoughts says the lord that in other words there needs to be in fact the scripture says we have the mind of christ Mm -hmm. so but but unfortunately there has been this uh Uh, let's call it a a bifurcation of experience and intellect. And Mm so, you know, talk about that and what some of the negative results of that are as you see it, Elijah.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it started with Charles Finney um, during the second great awakenings um, was, he was just like, we got to reach the frontier people. They're not intellectual. Let's make this more emotional. And I Mm -hmm. shared about earlier, you know, When you divide the intellects and the supernatural, what ends up happening is there's a generation after the first generation where the cults come in and pull people into just supernatural experience. Mm -hmm. Um, They want that more than Jesus because part of the role of the mind is to teach discernment. Mm. And you renew your mind with the word of God. And so you look back at the first great awakenings and there's people like Jonathan Edwards. He mm-hmm. was the guy who would go into the fields and preach. And people would say, would climb up in trees and people would say, you need to get down because the power of God falls and people fall out of the trees. Yeah. That guy was the third president of Princeton. Wow. He's the most well-known American theologian. Yeah. Um, it, it, he's, When I look back at er, early American revival, it's reformed people. It's the Puritans that are falling down under the power of God. And we've just separated these two so that, I I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine going into a reformed church today and, you know, falling down like that, but it happened. And we've just lost this vision for if I learn God's word and renew my mind with it, I can have supernatural experiences. And that seems so foreign to people.
0: Yes. And that's really where I think we have a common root in our experience in the vineyard movement. Uh, I was mentored by John Wimber starting around 1984. You were probably a little bit later because you're younger than I am, but, yeah. but you were an associate pastor and have been in your church for a season. Mm-hmm. And one of Wimber's high values was the integration of the word and the spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even the way he taught, the way he did conferences, he would have a set of notes. You know, it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. nobody does notes anymore at a conference. Right. And, uh, you know, that there's just, you know, we, we have swung way. Like the thing I like to say about Wimber is that Wimber was an expert in both the art and the science of church. Sure. He, he kind of brought those two elements together unapologetically. Mm-hmm. He was obviously on the forefront of some of the supernatural uh sort of, you know, movement that the church has gone through in the last 40, 50 years, but he was also somebody who held fast to not just biblical truth, not just orthodoxy, but also to the intelligent communication of truth.
1: Give me thoughts on that. Oh, I, I certainly think Wimber was a church planting genius. Um, And I know Vineyard don't doesn't call people apostles, so I'll call him apostolic. Like he he understood how to take scripture and apply it to church growth. That's not Mm -hmm. always the case today. And if there's a good critique of the church growth movement, it's we're entertaining people with self help sermons or whatever. But Wimber said we need a high value for Scripture, we need a high value for the Holy Spirit, and we need to integrate the supernatural, and this is your phrase, supernatural and the super practical. And I think that it's, yeah, a lot of healthy stuff came out of the third wave.
0: And that's really what we're we're about right now Mm -hmm. is sort of to return to a reintegration, And this is what we're trying to accomplish in Leaders' Alliance is is basically to renew the understanding of the necessity of both and not the favoring of one against the other. You know, one of the things I is my pet peeve is the issue of uh, false dichotomies. And Mm -hmm. they're all over the church. And right now, especially, you know, I just even heard somebody the other day say, well, we're not into the angry God syndrome. You know, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. You know, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and he scourges every son. Okay. You know, we find these tension points in Scripture, and it's convenient for us to just throw away one half of the Word of God in favor of the part that makes us feel better about ourselves. And mm-hmm. so what we have to do is we have to move beyond this uh, this polarization of truth and bring the, the tension of Scripture back into the forefront of our minds to be able to understand that we need both. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's not even necessarily both. It's all dimensions of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that it's not just the supernatural and the intellect. It's, it's every aspect. It's right. the renewal of the outreach evangelistic thing. It's the care for the poor. It's the servant to our, uh, our world that actually gives us the right to lead because we've adopted a will to serve. All mm-hmm. these dimensions are key to the kingdom of God. Re- reclaiming its place of influence in culture. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Just uh
1: uh, yeah, I, I do think that we have to become fully integrated. And um, I think that is what Jesus means when he says, you'll, you'll come alive. Yes. And I think one of the things I love about Jonathan Edwards is he goes through the fruits of the Spirit. And he says, look, some of you are going to have a disposition one way or the other. You might be a gentle person. You might be a you know disciplined person yeah. but you're not following the holy spirit if you're not seeing fruit in everything yes. and i think this is a fundamental issue is a lot of people go god you can develop my emotions and my relationships but you 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 teaching me to think logically and theologically and f- philosophically is just off limits And when Jesus said the father's looking for worshipers, he said people who worship in spirit and in truth. Mm, And I think if all you do is cry and fall to the floor and you don't learn to think critically about your faith, you're not what God's looking for. And that's a hard saying. Um, But you know, you can't renew your mind without developing your intellect. You can't pursue Christ without giving this part. And the body becomes dysfunctional. And I think part of the problem is in the five-fold ministry, we've turned the volume on the prophet up. We've turned on the apostle mm-hmm. and the pastor and the evangelist. And I'm not sure the volume's up as loud on the teaching voice yeah. right now as it should be.
0: Sure, And I think one of the reasons for that is that, is that many of the people who I think have very strong teaching gifts— tend to, in their pursuit of truth, tend to reject uh, supernatural Mm -hmm. dynamics. Right. So there's this polarization between those two branches of the body. And actually, if you think of those five ministry gifts in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, they're all aspects of Christ. Right, right. This is right. what we have to get in our brain is that that this isn't some invention. This is that Jesus himself is the apostle and high priest of our faith. He's the good prophet. He's the great teacher. And all of those aspects need to be fully operational in dynamic tension with one another for mm-hmm. us to achieve the fullness of the body of Christ on the earth. So anyway, I, I just fully recommend that. I recommend the the movie that, called Send Proof and go online, sendproof.com, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, and, and look at the trailer, download the movie, and, and tell your pastors about it, tell your friends about it, and we're going to actually, it's going to be marketed at a much greater level, but right now we're focusing on marketing it to the people of God in a, in a, in a pretty exclusive way, right? Yeah. It'll, it'll go out onto greater platforms in the near future. But if you can support us at this initial launch, it's incredible, but also join us at leadersalliance.org and become one of our members. And in that membership, maybe you could uh, link up with Elijah and and join his catalytic group and be Mm -hmm. part of that sparking, that that brainstorming about how we take this ancient message, this eternal message of the kingdom of heaven, and really translate it into understanding in terms that will revolutionize the world around us.